What's going on, good people? What's going on? What's going on? This is another episode of Monday Night Tape. So this is your opportunity for you. Let me make sure everyone can hear. Can you hear me, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you, bro. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you out there. Let's get it. Let's get it. I want to make sure everyone can hear. One second here. Let's see. We're here. Let's get it. Oh, we here. <laughs> <laughs> Want to make sure everybody can hear real quick. No, uh, perfect, perfect, perfect. So I'm excited, you know. So this is another ep- episode of Monday Night Take. So I'm here with my brother Chris Munez, man. So I met this brother, man. It was probably it's about a year, about a year and a half ago, about two years almost now. And, you know, we met pretty much through Instagram, through a DM, and we just pretty much connected from there. We locked in. And ultimately, you know, what happened was is that me and him, we just connected and we was like, yo, I'm passionate about financial literacy. He was passionate about financial literacy. He was into trading and investing a bunch. And I'm like, yo, this is like, this is my thing. I eat and breathe this. And just seeing him eat and breathe this as well, too, and all of his accomplishments, this brother, you know, he pledged Kappa, Kappa Alpha Psi. He actually went to Michigan State University. Um, sure. He works for Microsoft. So just seeing him being being his true mission and his goal, he's from New York just like me. Um, you're going to hear a little <laughs> bit of his story tonight and how we pretty much connected. And he's also part of that Libra gang, man, Libra gang. It's something about us <laughs> Libra brothers, man. We've always yes, been sir. locked in. So definitely, Chris, um, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself as well. And uh, we'll go ahead and rock out. Definitely. Thank you, bro. And it's crazy. I definitely want to mention that like loyalty and integrity is crazy because, bro, give him some insight on how much money we made without even knowing each other or like meeting in person. And we were able to transact all that money with no problem and everything was great. So uh, it's, it's, it's really good to find genuine relationships like that. Uh, my name is Christopher Munoz. I'm the CEO of, of Level Up Enterprises. Level Up Enterprises is more of an ecosystem where we have different pillars like business funding, credit, uh, trading, crypto, futures, Forex, I mean, everything under the sun. And we are the also an entrepreneurial group where we actually show you A to Z, all the tools that you actually need to be successful as an entrepreneur. So thank you for having me, my brother. Thank you. Yeah, man. I felt like it was, you know, last week we were here in ATL and we brought the good brother Mark Monroe in for the first episode. And, you know, I was like, yo, who should I bring on for the second episode? You know, I was going back and forth in my head. I was like, it got to be none other than my main man, Chris. <laughs> and, um, you know, ultimately, man, you know, there's a lot of people that have gotten into, you know, trading and investing over the past few years. And this might be the time where a lot of people are are having maybe some second thoughts on maybe decisions that they might have made in the past when it comes to certain investments. And, you know, one thing that I know that me and you have been passionate about is really giving people a diverse way to understand the markets. For me, you know, I speak a lot about the economics, right? Also, you know, technicals as well, too. But I'm kind of well-rounded and all around where you really deep dive into the technicals, the charts, right? Market structure, different things. And so I feel like our our styles complement each other very well, where people can learn from us both in individual fashion. The webinars that me and this man have had. You know, in the past, it's always been, you know, fire. You know, people have always enjoyed it and like, hey, how can we get more? How can we get more? So I was like, yo, let me go ahead and bring him on this channel, man, because and bring him on a show because people need to hear his story. You know how he came about. Right. The things he went through in his life and overall how you overcame it. 
Because I think a lot of times people think that this journey when it comes to investing or life is just easy and it's not right. Some steps and processes that happen to it. And, you know, right behind you, you got a sign level up. That's your brand. Could you yes, talk sir. a little bit leveling up, right? Can you talk to the people a little bit about leveling up? I think leveling up is a, is, is a lifestyle. I think it's a way of life. Every single day you want to improve who you are. Even if, again, aside from the financials uh, side of things, I think you got to be better when it comes to how are you a better son? How are you a better daughter? How are you a better partner? How are you a better friend? Right? So leveling up is, is more of a lifestyle. Um, the, the reason why I came up with Level Up is because coming from Washington Heights, Harlem area, and New York City, I knew that we needed a change, a change for diversity when it comes to vehicles that our community can use to actually prevail and be someone. You know, when I was growing up, I, I never heard about anyone of color talking about, the, you know, the stock market or, or talking about futures or talking about credit or talking about business funding. So I knew that we needed change. We, we were definitely in dire need of change. So that was the main reason why we, you know, built Level Up. Level Up, when, when we first started, it was more of a trading group, right? Now we've changed that to more of an entrepreneurial, everything under the under the sun, uh, you know, type of group where we have a community of people that are driven people, people that, that they want to get to the next level, people that know that from one year from now, two years from now, they want to be in a different position. So having that community to me is 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 what really drives me. That's my passion. It's like it's like having like a baby. So level up is definitely what I think is a community of people that we're using different vehicles to get to the next level. Yeah. And I think one thing that, uh, you know, people have went through kind of this year is one is that phase of, hey, you know, it's tough right now. So what am I going to do to level up? Right. One thing that you said and you kind of said, said it over and over again and the people love it is, you know, you either level up or you get left behind. Right. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of at this standpoint where I tell people, it's like, yo, time to level up, time to level up. So yeah. I'm glad we got the intros in. And, um, yeah. you know, I got a few questions for you here tonight as well, too. Let's get it. Let's get it. So understanding the stock market 101. Right. I want to pretty <laughs> much break this down. Right. What what the, what do you do right in the morning time or on the weekends? What was your, where was your starting point when it came to really understanding the stock market? What Oof. was some things that maybe you made some mistakes in? What's some of your processes and procedures that you do now that maybe you didn't do in the beginning? What yep. would be overall your biggest advice to someone who's new to help them get started? Right? Can we? Sh can I share my screen? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Share. All right, All right, let's yep. get it. So there's a couple of different things that I'll say. Against you know, investing in the stock market can be people can make it seem like it's super complex. Uh, but I would say that, that there's a couple of different things. And again, I'm going to just write out exactly what were the different mistakes that I made at the beginning. The first mistake that I made in the beginning, and by the way, uh, welcome to a show where you don't really have to beg somebody to, to, to show you a chart. We do this without no problem. I mean, I mean, we really do this. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't just leave our charts up just for a couple of seconds and you know, yeah. say this is high, this is the low. We get, yeah. we get wicked with it. So yeah, indeed, keep going. Indeed. So biggest mistake that I made was that any stock that I heard of, it could be a company from Iowa. My biggest mistake that I made was listening to others. That's going to be the first mistake. Again, when you invest, you are investing your hard-earned money. You want to make sure that you are investing in something that you actually believe in, right? So people will hear, you know, invest in Moderna, invest in Plug, and in, in, invest in SunPower. But again, what's the... What's the scope behind that company? Why are we actually investing into that company? So that's the first mistake. Second mistake that I made was that 
I would buy 45 different stocks, right? I will buy 45 different stocks and I will only buy one share of each stock. That's not going to do anything for me. Why? Because I don't really hold weight. I don't hold weight when it comes to that stock. There's a difference between having 45 different stocks and saying that you have a diversified portfolio and only owning one share to having a portfolio of six to seven stocks or not ETFs and just honing in and buying 100, 200 until you get to the thousand shares. There's a big difference when it comes to that. So those were probably the top two mistakes that I made uh, you know, at, at the beginning. Now, this is my portfolio. I went from, and actually let me put this right here. I went from having 45 different stocks to having a laser focus or what we say a concentrated portfolio. So a concentrated portfolio allows me to hone in on six to seven different stocks that I truly believe that, that they're actually going to be here in the long run. First company, as everybody knows, I love Microsoft. I work at Microsoft. I'm a senior product manager at Microsoft. I know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. I know what's going, you know, what 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 actually goes on at Microsoft. I'm the one actually completing the deals that other people are talking about, right? So Microsoft's definitely my number one. Number two is definitely Amazon. And I also have Apple. Now, when it comes to ETFs, as you can see, I went from individual stocks to now ETFs. Why am I doing that? I'm doing that. Why? Because now with ETFs, I'm able to have some diversification when it comes to my portfolio. So again, I'm having a bit of a balance uh, when it comes to my portfolio. And for here, I do invest in VTI. And I also invest into Hack, which is a cybersecurity ETF. I deeply believe that cybersecurity will be here for the long run. We are in dire need. Enterprises, individual people, we have very sensitive information that we have to protect. And Hack is definitely one of the ETFs that holds CrowdStrike, Palo Alto, and many other great companies. So that, that will be the main shift that I went from when it comes to my stock portfolio. So what got you? So there was a there was a, a time where you weren't really investing as heavy in your own company stock, right? And you spoke to me about that before, that kind of that mistake that you made when you first kind of got to Microsoft, you know, oh. you weren't kind of taking advantage of the employee stock benefits. You got, could you kind of give some insight to people that maybe probably have some employee stock benefits that they might not be tapping into and talk about the things that you left on the table by, you know, not seizing that opportunity and what you learned from Indeed. And again, this is what we sort of go through. And again, I say this because people, minorities, people of color, those that come from less privileged communities, we come from communities that don't have any hope. And it's in, again, it's unfortunate to say that, but you have folks like Lawrence and myself that are definitely going to change that going forward. Right. And my biggest problem is that I got into Microsoft at the age of 20. At the age of 20, my, my biggest worry was to send money back home in New York City. I was living in Charlotte. 20 years old, just got an apartment. I still got to pay rent in New York City. And I, I actually retired my mom at the age of 20. That was my biggest goal. And, and thank the Lord, I, I, I was able to satisfy that. Now, here's the problem. Because all I wanted to do was just to save money and send it back home, the employee stock program, which I'm sure every single person has that, those that work for corporations, is basically a program in which you're able to get a discounted, a discount when it comes to that stock price. At this time, the Microsoft stock price was at forty-seven dollars, mm. and I, I and I went a year and a half of not investing into the employee stock program. Why? Because I did not have the knowledge of what of what is the true value and power, and how this right here, just that one single vehicle, 
could really be the vehicle that could help me and my family, you know, satisfy generational wealth. So I did the math. Right now, that portfolio, it's around, I'll say 146,000. So I, I own about close to like 470 shares of, of Microsoft at the moment. Mm -hmm. I did the math. If I would have if I would have invested the first a year and a half at the share price of 47, so from 47 to 67, I missed a whole $202,000 that I left on the table. And again, those are the hefty mistakes that we have to go through. But again, we only learn if we truly fail. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, that's powerful, bro. Like, I think we've all had those moments, whether it was an employee stock program or yeah. whether it was as, a, as an individual investor, yeah. right, where we were taking a look, you know, at a specific stock. And we knew we wanted to invest or a specific ETF, but we we kind of didn't have the knowledge or maybe we're, we're a little bit weary and unsure. And yeah. I feel like those are the lessons that we learn the most from. And mm -hmm. in times like this, this yep. is how we make better decisions, right? Because Indeed. the Chris of the past, you might have missed that. But now <laughs> this time around, you see prices on of certain stocks or ETFs yep. that are coming down. You understand the value a lot more. Yeah. And so for me, myself... And the message that I was saying to the audience here is like, yo, it's like for me, my my calling was 2018 where I sat and I took a look at a lot of different investments that I had at the time. I had about two years experience. Right. From 2016 to 2018. Right. And I looked at it and I said, you know what? There were stocks that I invested in that went down 30, 40, 50 percent in three or six months. 2018 was a rough year for the Nasdaq. Right. You had yes. the Chinese trade trade war. And for me, I said, yo, I'm going to go ahead and take this opportunity to invest more. But yeah. a lot of times what happens is we get caught up and you mentioned this. We get caught up in thinking about what we have to do right now. Oh, we mm -hmm. got to pay this right now. We got to go buy this. And we don't think enough about the dollars that could be working for us right now and for the next few years and what that will allow us to do for our families going forward. So yeah. I look at this from, from this lesson that you taught us, right? And I'm yeah. even going to share a lesson of my own. One of the biggest investments that I missed out on was Palo Alto Network. It was a a, a company you just mentioned that's in yeah. the hack. Yeah, let's pull that up. P A N W. Yep. Let's go to 2018. 2018. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right so wow, this is crazy. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to 2018. You 2018 right here. Yeah. So we take a look. What price is about? probably $40 with the recent split at the lowest point in 2018. Yeah. So yeah, 45, 45. Yeah. About 40, 45. Yep. And look so, at this. Jump. And now just look at this, bro. <laughs> look <yeah>. at that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so let me kind of go through some of the psychological things that I was thinking, right. To Chris's point, you know, I was looking at the cybersecurity space because I believed everything was going to go digital. Right. I had a high conviction, right. And so I want to pose a question to the audience. How many of you guys right now have high convictions on things, but you're afraid to put your bread up, right? That's why we had this. That's why we <laughs> had this on tonight. How many of you guys, right, have been looking at certain stocks or looking at certain ETFs and you have high conviction on certain industries, but you've been afraid to put your bread up? That was me back here in 2018 where Chris just put the arrow at. And mm -hmm. for me, one of the things that I say is, yo, I was the person at this point that was kind of susceptible to the news. And I want us to talk about this and digest this, right? I was hearing about the margins on cybersecurity companies are bad and 
these businesses will never turn profit and they'll right. struggle to continue. Like I fell victim into that, right? Too much probably articles and CNBC, right? Of listening to people that are trying to buy my stocks cheaper, right? Or not allow me to get into the stock at all, right? Mm -hmm. And what happened was, is that for me, you know, I, I was afraid, right? I seen Palo Alto Network, right? Take the drop that it took, right? In that three month period and I didn't invest. Now I invested in other things like Tesla, Shopify, Roku, Square, right? And a couple other names as well. But I missed out on one of the names that I really wanted to be in. So what is the moral of my story here from this, right? Some of the names that you guys are looking at right now and thinking, oh man, oh man, I don't know, I don't know. That might just be the investment that you should be looking for, right? Okay. And you should be continuing to think about putting some dollars in there, right? Whatever that investment may be, right? Because we're playing a game of this isn't a three to five minute trade. I think I think a lot of times people are only thinking about day trading. Right. What can I make today? What can I go scalp out here? Right. Mm -hmm. And this is why I stress so much as far as people being willing to be diverse. Right. A lot of people was looking in 2020 and 2021 to be day traders and quit jobs. Right. Me and you have been two of the people that's been on the front line. You work <laughs> for Microsoft. Said people yep. have asked, oh, Chris, why you still work for Microsoft? Well, Chris likes Microsoft, right? He enjoys what he does, right? And they pay him very well as well, too, for what he does. <laughs> so why would he leave something that pays him very well and he enjoys what he does as well, too? And he's passionate about it. So, you know, I want to kind of give people the mindset of, yo, don't think that this is the end for you. Don't think that maybe you might have lost a little bit of money, you know, trading some options, or maybe you lost a little bit of money in the growth stocks, right? A lot of people have talked about the different growth companies, you know, that have dropped. But right now, those growth companies arguably are pretty much adding what I would say, you know, some of the best opportunities for you, right? Those right. growth stocks have came down as far as from a valuation standpoint, right? Growth stocks have came down, right? Certain stocks have fallen from 300, 400, $500, right? And made its way all the way down and pretty much came to 30, 40, 50 dollars. And so when we talk about price versus value, you know, I want to get into that, Chris. When, you, when we talk about price versus value, because I think sometimes people get caught, you know, yeah. in price too much and not value. Yes, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a, a couple of different things, right? And I don't know if you want me to cover market structure now. Uh, I think yeah, it'd be a good segue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it'd be a good segue for that. Yeah. So, like, for example, Again, market structure, people talk about trading and, long, you know, long-term investors and, you know, when do you actually buy the dip? It's almost impossible for you to actually measure when the dip is going to happen. This is why market structure is probably going to be the best thing that you can actually implement, both when it comes to your day trading, your charts, long-term investments, everything like that. So I just quickly want to show you how market structure actually works. So quickly, I just want to go ahead and do a quick demonstration of what this looks like in a small presentation. Then from there, we'll cover exactly how this looks like on many different charts. So again, market structure. What is market structure? Mar market structure is just price action. And again, we talk about price action. Price action is the king, is the queen. That should definitely be the first thing that you look at when you look up any chart. You should literally have a criteria every single day that if you look at CrowdStrike, if you look at Palo Alto, Spy, QQQ, any other chart, even, even the different cryptos, your answer, your question should be, what is the current market structure? And what are what do I mean by that? I mean by this, price only moves in three different ways. Price moves up, making higher highs and higher lows. And I'll quickly show you how this actually looks like. Again, 
Here we have a higher high, right? Here we have a higher low. What makes this a higher high? Well, it makes a higher high. Why? Because this high right here is higher than the previous high. And drop a one in the chat if you actually agree with that. And those that got the ebook, I'm telling you that ebook that I gave away, and actually we can give that away today, uh, Lawrence. I'll pull up the QR code as well. Um, and then again, this is a higher low. We formed the low here, and we can see that we were able to continue going back up, and then we pulled back. The best way that I can actually refer to this is this. When you go to the gym and you do a set, Lauren, you've been going crazy to the gym. I see you, bro. When you be going to the gym, bro, what do you do after you do a set? You take a rest, right? Yeah, we take a pause, man. Take a take pause. A pause. Yeah. Same thing when it comes to the market. So the market is able to take that small little correction, that small pullback to what? To give you another opportunity to actually get in. So again, higher high, followed by another higher low, followed by another higher high. So again, in the uptrend, in the uptrend, a stock or any security is not just going to go to the moon, how many people say. No, we're going to go up, take a break, go up, take a break, go up, take a break. But again, it's all about the iterations of higher highs and higher lows. So again, in the chat, drop in the chat, what makes the uptrend? Higher highs and higher lows, drop it in the chat. I'm telling you, the muscle memory will definitely help you out. Those are the repetitions that I want you to get in. So again, now, now that we got that through, bullish market structure, higher highs and higher lows. What's next? Then we have next we have bearish market structure. So again, as we go down, Apple is just not going to wake up one day, or Square is not going to wake up one day and say, you know what, I give up. It's not going to do that. No, price is 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 going to have to make a lower low, make a lower high, lower low, make a lower high. And the way that we're able to identify it that is is that this high right here is lower than the previous high. So this high right here is lower than the previous high. This low right here is lower than the previous low. The best way on a visual way for you to actually understand this is that going down bearish market structure, it looks like a staircase going down. Look at that, a stair. So whenever you see that stair, that's exactly how you what you want to see to identify bearish market structure. So again, bearish market structure. I want you to tap into the chat, lower lows and lower highs. And repeat it out loud, lower lows, lower highs. I'm telling you, those are the small things that help me accelerate to become proficient when it comes to technical analysis, right? So again, we got the bullish market structure down. We got the bearish market structure down. Drop some ones in the chat if you're following. I want to make sure that everybody's here. We're all a collective. We're cohesive. We're learning. And this right here will definitely help you out. Now, bullish market structure, bearish market structure. Next, we have sideways market structure. Right. So sideways market structure is basically when we're just what we're just trading sideways. So whenever we are going like this side to side, it, it just means that we don't have any continuation towards the upside, nor do we have a continuation towards the downside. We are basically making equal highs. Right. And then we're also making equal lows. The equal highs and the equal lows are the exact same thing. Right. So now I want everybody to just give me any ticker in the chat and I'll go ahead and pull up. And this is the first exercise. I want you to understand how do you identify market structure? And I'm telling you, 
You guys know what happens when me and Lawrence get together. It's all, it's wow, all so we, pull, we pulling up charts, man. I don't think people Yo, get this anywhere else, man. I don't think the people, people need this. this. The people, yeah, people need, need this, right? this, man. People need this. And it, you so know, Chris, what was alarming to me, bro, was there were so many people that was that was talking and, and teaching in this space yeah. and wasn't even teaching people higher highs and higher lows. That's like that's like learning ABCs in kindergarten. It's sad. It's exactly. Yeah, higher highs and higher lows. So, you know, we, um, what, what stock you, you have Tesla pulled up? I got Tesla the first one. That's the first one I got from the chat here. Um, and again, we're able to understand exactly what are we doing here, right? And here's what I want you to focus on. I want you to focus on this part. Yeah. Looking at this part right now in the chat, let me know, are we in a bearish structure or bullish structure or are we trading sideways? Drop that's it in the low, chat. That's lower lows and lower highs, my brother. Lower lows and lower highs all day, right? And again... And then- yeah, <laughs> Lawrence was able to do it quick because I mean Lawrence has years doing this, but this is how you're able to do that. Look, large lower low, we tried to form what a lower high, and then what did we do after that? Another continuation going down. That's another lower low, and what yep. are we forming right here? Another lower, lower high. Yeah, that's simple. If that's you want it. a better way, if you want a better way to understand this, you can actually change the candles to a line, and you have a better perspective. And look, you're able to see. The staircase, the sta- yep. this, right here, look at that, the staircase all day. Staircase, 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 look at that, all day. So putting it back to a line really allows you to understand what is the market structure. Let's see, what I'm gonna tell me it wasn't Elon just, just doing the Twitter stuff that was making the stock fall? You mean to tell me it was it was actually something qualitative <laughs> that we could have looked at and Correct. quantitative to measure that? Man, that, that's fire. That's fire. Indeed, indeed. Just small things like that when it comes to price action can get you going. Again, price action is king and also queen, right? And actually, Lawrence, give me another ticker, bro. Any any, any other ticker you want? Uh, I want ZS. I seen Uncle Charles. Shout out to Uncle Charles. Shout out to Mark Monroe. Shout out to Aaron. I see y'all in here. Let's, let's, uh, let's okay. go ahead and get ZS, Z-Scaler. Right. And what do we see here when it comes to these kids? What's happening right now? What are we seeing right here? There's lots of what? And for those in the in the chat, what's happening here? Do we really have direction? And those are the questions that I want you to ask yourself. What's the structure? Are we making iterations of higher highs and higher lows? Are we making lower lows and lower highs? Or are we just what? Creating equal highs and equal lows. Right. And yeah, we did get a little bit of a break right here, but we're still what? We're still consolidating. And let's talk a little bit about what's the best strategies. Right to use like one thing that I always talk about specifically, right? When it comes to sideways action is selling options, right? So if we could zoom in just a little bit to that top red line that you have right here, this one, let's say, what is that? What price is that? This right here is 171.35. Okay, perfect. So let's say for example, someone was a long-term investor in Zscaler, you know, had at least a hundred shares and say, you know what? Zscaler is a name that, you know, I'm rocking out with for the long term. Chris is, Chris is important. Chris is showing this for a reason because it's important, right? Because, right, if you have 100 shares, you now then have the opportunity to now be able to generate passive income from your investment. So quite honestly, if you're looking at Zscaler since May, it's been in a range of 171 to now hit to the bottom here of 124, I think it hit the low of 114, right? So if you're looking at that, Essentially, you could have been selling options, right, over the past uh, about the past five, six months, right? And price hasn't really went any anywhere up or down. 
So your principal balance hasn't really been allowing you to increase your increase your your capital as far as a return standpoint. But by you selling options, right, you can either acquire more stock and get paid for it, right? That's what we call a cash secured put. So it's where someone sells an option, right, and is able to go ahead and pick up shares at a price that they want, right? Or they could sell a covered call. What makes it covered? Well, they have the 100 shares already, but they want to collect premium. So it's important that people are able to have multiple strategies in different markets, right? This is this hasn't really been the, the market where you've seen high flying, where you've been able to catch maybe some of the super crazy day trades 24-7, right? This has been the market that you kind of wanted to sit back and allow your money to work for you, right? So selling cover calls and cash secure puts have been a core part of my strategy this year because what we see with Zscaler, right, where we're seeing that consolidation and sideways movement, you know, has happened not just with this stock, but a, a, a number of other stocks. And for the large majority, there's been a lot of stocks that have traded since May or June of this year in a sideways movement. So Chris, keep going, bro. Yeah, yeah. So as we can see here, I mean, there's many different ways. And the way I like to, to think about it is that you're, you're ideally, you're renting your shares out. The same thing, like let's say you own a property in California and you want to rent it out for Airbnb. It's the same thing when it comes to shares, right? It's, it's just rental arbitrage, right? So you're able to do that. But again, what's the best thing you could do here, Lawrence? Let's say, that, let's say we want to trade a breakout, right? Mm -hmm. A breakout strategy is definitely very key. For those that are traders, for those that are that, that are investors, what would we do here? Like, would we wait or what would we do here to, for uh, ZS? Yeah. So honestly, man, you would want to see, like, in my opinion, to really to really go bullish or bearish on this. Like, so what happens is, is that when sellers right now, you can look at that bottom. Right. And I think that bottom was like, yeah, that was like the beginning of November. Mm -hmm. If price breaks underneath that one fifteen point sixty four level. And the candle closes below on that daily time frame, you're going to see more sellers come in. So what we want to be able to see is we want to see a break of market structure right mm -hmm. now. If this thing and if this thing consolidates and then breaks out to the upside, that's where you see a lot of the violent moves that happen in the market. A challenge that I want people to do, and we'll probably pull it up here. Let's actually go to let's go to the new JP Morgan. Let's pull up Square real quick. That's the new JP Morgan. Let's pull up Square, right? Because this and let's go, let's go, let's pull the five-year chart up real quick. Let's go, let's pull the five-year chart up and go back, go back in time here, right? So before it had this public participation phase in that run, I want you to go back here, the top of that. And it's like a, probably the top of 2018. 2018. Yep. The top. Yeah, I think it was about a hundred dollars at that point. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And so if you look at that, then go to the bottom of that as well, uh, of that of that trend. I think it's probably around like probably a little bit lower. Go right here. Right. 30. Yep. Yep. And then so if you look at that right to the point, you see how it's kind of consolidating right there and yep. it consolidated for a long period of time. Right. For about it looks like probably about two years of just consolidation. So I see my brother, Mark Monroe, he just came in the longer the consolidation when it breaks out, right? Look at what happened when Square broke over that high, right? And broke out of that consolidation zone. What happened? Price rally. So the first phase of market structure is accumulation, right? The, mm -hmm. the second phase after that is public participation. So what needs to take place in public participation? Well, that's where you see a bunch of people that sit on CNBC, a bunch of people who sit on YouTube, other YouTube channels. They have to tell you to buy these stocks, right? So that's what the public participation phase is. 
So they tell you, they hype things up. They have to get you involved. So it's now where the media now is going ahead and pushing, right? And pushing these variables on you and saying, hey, this is the this is the this is the best investment that you want to be in. And what happens is is that the stock runs and the public is the same, the same thing in the phrase, public participation. Now, once it hits a peak, which Chris marked up up there, what happens after that is distribution, where shares start being distributed to the people who are new, who don't know a lot. Who are just listening. And so if you're just listening to new JP Morgan, you're going to be buying in the distribution phase. So we've seen notice where Square has not broken below. Chris has two arrows on his chart. We're not magicians. No magic yeah. here. This is Trash. what learning technical analysis and market structure means. If you're looking at price, prices came back down to a demand zone. And this is a mm. weekly demand zone. I want everyone to write in the chat right now. The bigger the time frame, the bigger the move. The smaller the time frame, right? The smaller the move. But this is a bigger time frame. So anything that happens on here is going to be a big move, right? So I'll let Chris take back over. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that's a really good point. And honestly, let's just actually, I want to cover something just real quick. Um, go I'm going to take off the drawings real quick. And actually, I'll go back into the Canva so I could show you Aside from just the back and forth when it comes to bearish and bullish and sideways, but on top of that, what's the difference? How do you spot a change when it comes to trend? And here's what I want you to think about, right? Here we're making higher highs and higher lows, right? Higher highs and higher lows the entire time, right? Now, on the next image that I'm just going to show right here, you're going to see how we actually broke below that higher low. So we broke that higher low. After we broke that higher low, we actually printed a new lower low. So that means what? That there's a shift when it comes to trend. Now, I want to show you exactly how we could have caught that when it comes to square. So, again, I'm just quickly going to go here. Right. And as we can see, at this very good moment, we were ranging between the level of 60 or 53 all the way to the top of this peak of 100. We saw that easily. If I put the volume on, we're able to see that we have what abnormal volume on the buyer side. And actually a quick gem for those that like to you, I mean, you should definitely use volume in the trading view volume settings indicator. I want you to turn on the volume moving average again. If you turn that on, now you're able to know exactly when, whenever volume is above the last X amount of days or, or it's above the average, right? So, as we can see here under inputs, I have 20. So, that line right there means what a chain, uh, that that volume will be above the uh, 20 day moving average. If I click OK right here. I can see that that exact same week that we actually broke above that consolidation, the volume was definitely on the buyer side. Now, if I just take that off real quick, I want to go ahead and just play exactly how this worked out. We we're making what higher highs. We're pushing up. We're pushing up every single day. We were definitely pushing up. Look at that pushing up. And then what happens? We get a bit of a pullback. That pullback can be considered like a mini higher low. Right. So now we understand that what we understand that this was the last high. 171.27 was the last high. We had a small pullback right here at this higher low, which was 134.30. Now, for, for, for us to continue or have bullish continuation, we have to break above that 171. So when this happens, and let's go ahead and see how, uh, how, how it looks like. Boom. Look at that. We broke above it. This means break of structure. Yep break of structure and there's a big difference between break of structure and change of character break of structure aka 
BOS, right? So for those that actually follow smart money concepts, you should know this. BOS is break of structure. But break of structure is only when you're headed in the, in the exact same direction. Hence, if we are bullish, the break of structure should be a continuation towards the upside, right? Now, if we continue playing this, right, that's break of structure. Look at that. Another higher low. And what happens? Another break of structure about to happen right now because we got just a new high. Another break of structure, right? Another break of structure. I want us to get towards the peak of 280. So now I could show you the change of character, which is totally different, right? So we continue here. Let's go ahead and put it a little faster. Look at that. Boom, boom, boom. We get close. Another one. Now we're just consolidating. And then we finally are trying to get back above that high. We come back down, come back down, come back down. You see how we're bouncing off that support level of 190? We finally hit the high. And this is where you should be interested. You should be interested to see whether or not we are going to break that last higher low, which that last higher low is right here at the level of 194. So if we break below this, so if we go like this and we break below this, this will introduce a new lower low. So let's see how this looks like. Boom, 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 and then boom, right there. And then once we broke underneath right there, once we broke underneath that 190 and that 170, that, that was that really that true breaker structure right there. And yep. and, th and this honestly should have been the given indicator that Square was going to go lower and that if you were in, in lead calls for Square or whatever it was, you should have definitely at least taken profit or not manage your risk, right? So this right here, because we broke that last lower low, this is called like this uh change of character so change of character is a little bit different than break of structure and here and here's where it's at break of structure we're continuing in the exact same direction we're having continuation either bullish or bearish change of character is that once we are bullish and we finally break that last higher low we are now introducing a new trend and look how this would have been a phenomenal put or leap, leap put, you know, whatever you want to call it, and, we, and we're now at the level of 63, right? But those are the things that I want you to understand when it comes to market structure, how to identify bullish, bearish, sideways, then the break of structure, and then on top of the, the change of, of character. This can be done on the weekly time frame, five-minute time frame. This right here should be your bread and butter before you add on any indicators or anything like that. Yeah, no, nah, it's important. And, and I think tonight we we haven't even gotten really into any <laughs> indicators, which is yes. super important because the makeup of a chart, you know, is lower lows and lower highs and higher highs and higher lows. Mm -hmm. And I think that if more people, you know, probably stop using, you know, as many indicators, it would help a lot more. And that was something that I had to learn, you know, kind of when you come in, you know, a lot of times people are like, hey, I'm, I'm using the RSI, I'm using the MACD, I'm using this, I'm using that. And it VWAP and all this stuff can kind of, you know, go over your head as as a newbie. Right. You're like, man, it's just so much. But going and going through your charts on a weekly and, and daily time frames and a monthly like Chris is talking about and just looking, you know, for these change of, you know, character, break of structure, lower lows, lower highs, higher highs and higher lows. This will all make things easier. Yeah. And so when you're. Also, when you're looking at the market on a day to day basis, right, can we pull up this? Can we pull up the um, the spy today? Can we go to the spy? Daily. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the hour. Let's go to the hour. Four to 30. It's up to you. And actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take up the extended. Yep. OK. So this is our spy here on the hourly. OK. I want us to. Um, there we go. Yep. 
<laughs> Perfect. All right. So you're drawing it. Yep. You got the trend lines already. Perfect. So I want to kind of zoom in and look at today's price action. All right. And we may have to probably drop down to maybe like even the five or the 15 minute to probably see it a little bit better. Yeah, let's go to 15 right here. And actually, I'll, I will turn the extended because I think we, we could definitely give them some pretty good gems yep. off the 15 minute. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at and you'll probably zoom out after this, if you look yeah. at today's structure, um, what do we see here, folks? What do we see here from the top of Chris's chart? What do we see here all day, pretty much today? It looks right. like what? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. It looks like, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, there's a couple of different things and just a, a couple of different things for those that are day trading uh, levels that I think that you should definitely take into account. This shaded area right here, just right here. And actually, I just want to highlight it. This right here is the pre-market data. And the reason why you want that, 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 that data is because that's when the banks and the hedge funds are actually trading. So you want to understand exactly what are the levels that the hedge funds really care about, right? So we can take into account the highest point, which is this point right here of 405.73. And you also want to take into account the low. That yeah. low was 403.84. So now we have two key levels pre-market before the market even opens that we could take into account for either entries we could you know what if we break the high we're going for calls if we break the low we're going for puts right and it's crazy because on top of that you can even get more saucy with it right so you can even add what we call the opening range breakout and i just want to go ahead and quickly talk about what the opening range breakout is so the, the opening range breakout aka the orb so orb is basically where you take where you plot uh, let me go here. Out the high and the low, right? And of the first candle, right? And that candle could be your five minute, it could be your 15, it could be your 30. So five minute, 15, it could be your 30. Some folks even do 45 minutes. But again, the higher the time frame, the more confirmation, because now you have more data. Five minute time frame is a short time frame. So you don't really have that much data. So that that's more for like for like a scalper. Or, or someone of that nature, right? So here we have that the highest point, aside from the pre-market high, is 404.94. And I'm going to go ahead and just quickly edit the yellow, uh, the uh, ORB high to, to yellow. And we still have the ORB low at 403.84. Now, I want to go ahead and just quickly replay what happened today. Again, we have all of our levels already ready. We stay ready. The levels are ready. We stay ready. So now what do we see? First, first 15 minute candle closes. All we gotta do is wait for it to close. All we ask from you is to be patient and wait for it to close, right? And what do we see right here? That was around 10 a.m. <laughs> and and the, an important part of it, yeah. right, is to pay attention as well to the economic news that's coming out as well, yeah. right? Yes. Usually 10 a.m. today, we got the ISM manufacturing report that came out, right? And the mm -hmm. index's reading came in a little bit higher than October's reading, right? And so some people, you know, already posed the question to me and say, okay, Lawrence, the reading came in higher, you know, I think if I believe it was like 56.2. Um, and then I believe the last one was 54.6. So it came in almost about two points higher. And mm -hmm. people were wondering, well, why did the market, you know, fall more? Well, for one, we had some some things going on overseas today that kind of was causing some havoc in the oil markets as well. Russia, Ukraine, tensions, missiles flying. But also as well, when you see a report like that, you know, traders are, are trying to take short term bets that the Fed will do the opposite of what they said they will do. 
right? If you paid attention to the report, the jobs report on Friday, the jobs report on Friday, you know, came in and, you know, the pay, the payrolls came in higher than what was expected. So people thought, hey, well, maybe the Fed will raise 75. Like, and these are like, like short-term bets. It's not anything set in stone, but right. it's always good to be paying attention to what overall sentiment is on the market and then also be paying attention to key levels. Because if the sentiment on the market is bearish and then we also broke a low of the day, right, then you're going to see a, you could see an increased sell off. Right. Or vice versa. If the sentiment on the market is bullish and we break a high of the day, these are the times that you're seeing these big runs right on the market. Just like we saw on Wednesday last week when Jerome Powell came out and spoke market broke the high of the day. And went on a run but yeah keep going yeah yeah so as you can see here we had a break of the orb low and we had a break of the pre-market low so now what i want you to understand this is that again these levels are not just pretty levels these levels are they're telling you a story and every single chart is trying to tell you a story again that pre-market low that orb low is letting you know that what that the that the that the buyers there's demand there there's buyers that are there that if we break below that that's the indication that the buyers are no longer there and that sellers took control all day. All, all that we have is just a battle between buyers and sellers. We have candlesticks. We have trend lines. We have key levels to understand who's in control. And, and as you can see, uh, what do we have here? A clean break off the pre-market low and also the ORB uh, low as well. Something else you always want to take into account, especially the first five minute, 15 minute candle or, or, or even 30 minute candle is that you want to take into account what type of candlestick did we just print? And as you can see, wicks never lie. We always talk about this. Me and Lawrence always talk about this. Wicks never lie and they will never lie to you. Hey, can, can you do me a favor on that one? Can you go to can you go to Apple real quick and see if that's if that if that candle looks the exact same? See, let's see. Uh 15 minute. Yeah, around that same time frame. What was that? Right here. Right here. Okay. Shooter, right? So I'm always taking into account what type of candlestick we have. And as you can see here, shooter candle printed on the 15 minute time frame. What did we have? Continuation to the downside. If we go quickly back into SPY, I'll show you how just off of that break, again, off of that break of the pre market low, ORB low, I'm able to see who's winning. Next candlestick, you always want to wait for a full candle close below the level. And what do we see? That even if you would have entered your position, right here and you put a right stop loss and, and you actually follow proper risk management, you would have stayed in this trade. And, and look at this. What happened here? We had a retest yep. off the pre-market low level. Break and retest. Never forget about that. Break and retest. Whenever we break any, any level, either going up or if not going down, be sure to know that that level, even if we break here, we'll break above and come back down and then go back up. If we break below, We'll go back down. We retest again to come right back down. And as you can see here, can someone tell me, just drop in the chat, what is this? Lower low. Mm -hmm. And we're plotting what? A lower high. Yep. Just for another anticipation to break and have another lower low. And if we continue this, let's see what happens. There, there we go. Look at that. Right here, that, that should have been your additional confirmation. Right when we right when price broke that last lower low and it printed a new lower low. So hence, this would have been a very profitable trade today just off of one single strategy, the opening range breakout. That's it. <laughs> yep. Let's see yeah, what we got. Yeah, now nah, that opening range breakout right there. I mean, it, it's fire, bro. Fire, fire, fire. 
And, um, you know, we've seen lower lows and lower highs here today, you know, as well, you know, that took place here. I want to uh, I want us to go to the VIX because, you know, I was, I, was, I was talking about the VIX pretty much all. And I, can we can we go to the weekly time frame for the VIX? Let's get it. Yep. Let's, let's get it. <laughs> so I was talking about something, you know, that I was seeing here pretty much all year. There were a couple of pivot points on the VIX. Um, if you look at the VIX, um, it's the week of March 28th, right? If you look at the week of March 28th this year. Uh, yep, this year. Yep, March 28th. Uh, it should be that candle. Yep, right there. Oh, my bad. Go, uh, you go up and you'll see that there was demand for the VIX that week. And mm -hmm. that was about two weeks before uh, Q Q1 earnings started. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Q1 earnings started to be reported, right? Yeah. And what you saw is the VIX was able to hit that 18, 19 area and it bounced. Right. And the market came down. So what I detected was even in mid-August, the VIX, if you zoom in a little bit more too, if you look at mid-August this year, you'll see that the VIX hit that same point again. Right. Yep. If you, and yep. then if you look, at, I was telling people, I said, yo, on Friday, the VIX is breaking below 20. And it's going to 19, but I anticipate that some sellers are going to come in because mm -hmm. that's the demand zone for the VIX. So for those that are new and are wondering what the VIX is, well, the VIX is the is the fear gauge, right? You might have heard it heard it called the fear gauge. It's the volatility index, right? And the VIX has a inverse relationship to the SPY, which is our mm -hmm. S&P 500, our QQQ, which is our NASDAQ, and our DIA, which is our Dow. So right. what you mean is is now you've actually went ahead and seen right that there was demand on the vix so today right we had on the weekly time frame this is a chart pattern that we call a triple bottom right and so price was able to move out of that level which is why we saw the market come down now we know the different variables that were at play that ism you know came in um you know a little bit hotter than expected so people were betting that the fed is gonna move a little differently Obviously, we had some issues, you know, with OPEC cuts and and, and people didn't like it and, and price caps on oil, all these different things. But yep. all of those things, you could see that reflected there right on the charts. So, you know, today was kind of one of those points where there's buyers and there's demand. And we yep. stepped right in. We stepped right in. Right. Mm. And then if you look at the top level here, just recently. Right. It was October 3rd. The VIX was topping out at 35. So 35 has kind of been like that pivot point, guys, where the VIX will hit. And if it doesn't break 35, right, it starts to move, right? The market starts to move back up. All of your rallies this year, your bear market rallies have came when the VIX has hit 35, mm -hmm. right? All of your bear market rallies, the one, the one that happened, right? The Dow had its best month since the 1970s in October, right? So- I'm telling you guys this, right? It's important to pay attention. So when the when the VIX is starting to hit a demand zone, the market is going to drop. When the VIX is hitting a supply zone, like it did up top at 35, the market is going to go ahead and go up. And that's what you saw here. So it's important. Now, in the event that the VIX breaks 40, guys, and can we go back to 2020 real quick? 2020? Here we go. It's crazy. I have a, a I still got a like a a, a level from there. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. 
I want to show them what happens when the VIX breaks over 40, right? So that's where you're going to see really the super intense, super volatile type bear markets, right? When yeah. the VIX breaks over 40, right? That's where you really start to see those super highly aggressive, you know, sell-offs, right? When the VIX breaks over 40. So if you look at that, right back here during COVID time, right? Look at there. It was Monday, March 20. Uh, yeah, Monday, March. I mean, not March. Monday, February 24th. The Dow had its worst day since the Great Depression. Right. It wiped out. It wiped out 2000. It was, it was like 1900 points. Right. Wiped right. away. Stocks like Amazon was down a over one hundred dollars. Everything was like one hundred and sixty dollars that day. Tesla was down like uh, I think like 80 bucks that day. Right. Everything was getting wiped and cleaned off. Right. Can we go back to 2018? Yep. Look at that long wick. Right. Look at that long wick. So. If you see that we, for a very brief period of time, the VIX broke above 40, but then it came right back down within the same month, right? So we're in December here, right? We're in December, December 2018, the Fed was raising interest rates. Well, hence, four years later, December 2022, the Fed was raising interest rates. So the thing that I want to really share to people is, right, Sometimes what's going to happen is on this market is the market will start to recover before the news does. Right. The market yep. will recover before the news does. So you don't want to wait until CNBC tells you that the stock market is OK to invest in again. Right. You don't want to wait until that. Right. <laughs> you want to be paying attention to things like the VIX. Right. And you want to be watching this because we've seen right the times where the, the VIX breaks over 40. Right. We've seen in 2018, it, it briefly did it and it pulled right back. And then 2019 was a beautiful was a beautiful year. Right. Mm. Beautiful year. Then and then we saw consolidation all the way, all the way leading up. And then, boom, Mark told you guys in the comments earlier, he said, hey, the longer the consolidation, the bigger the breakout is going to be. Now, with the VIX, the VIX is a mechanism that's designed to go down over time. So it wasn't created to be going up 24-7. It's designed to go down over time because the market is designed to go up. So for people looking at certain things, when that VIX gets to 35, if it, if it, if it goes to 35, you know, again, maybe in the next couple months, right? For people wondering, hey, when should I be looking to maybe pick my spots, right? I want you, homework I want you guys to do. I want you guys to go to mid-October and go to that, that around October 10th and I want you to look at the five stocks that you wanted to buy. And I want you to look at from where they went from October 10th to where they're at now. Right. And I want you to compare it. Let's pull the video up. Let's get that. Video? That, was, that was one that people were, so, were shook about. Like, yo, is NVIDIA? What's up with NVIDIA? I thought NVIDIA, you know, man, it's, it's, it's uh, that's, that's the one that people were shook about. Let's go to October 10th. October 10th? This year. This year? Yep. Right here. That's last year. Oh, sorry, last year. My bad. All right, here we go. Boom, 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 boom. Go. Right here. What price? Yeah, let me sponge it. So that means Nvidia was making a yearly low when the VIX was at thirty-five. Mm. Yep. 
Yeah, it's, it's actually put it back up here too. Uh, twenty twenty two. Yep, it's the top candle right there that you got the oval. Yep. Yep. Right there. So what does that tell you, right? While Nvidia was making a lower high, which it looks like it's making here right now, mm -hmm. what happened to the VIX? The VIX dropped, right? And made a lower low, right? So if the VIX peaks up to 25, 26, 30, what you think is going to happen to NVIDIA? Just saying, just putting this out there so people understand how the market moves, right? Yep. You have to be able to take a look at this and be able to examine and watch this. Lower lows and lower highs. Chris taught you this today, right? Look at what's happened here. And he's pulling, I'm going to let him explain the trend line that he just drew because this is another this is another part of market structure. Go ahead, get in your back. Yeah, so there's a couple of different things that you're able to do. And again, there's so many different tools. That's why technical analysis is more of an art. I think is definitely an art is, is a powerful tool that you're able to use to decipher exactly what type of story any chart is trying to tell you. So again, here on TradingView, we have a trend line tool. That trend line tool is just a simple line. Some folks think that is just a simple line. But again, when it comes to a trend line, and actually I'll go here just quickly. If we have that price is going like this, right? If price is respecting the trend line, right? And, and price is just bouncing off the trend line, bouncing off the trend line, bouncing off the trend line, you want to see at least two to three touches, two to three touches right here on the trend line. This makes it a support trend line. Now, if we continue going up and we finally break and hold below the trend line, that could signify what? A change when it comes to trend. Now, this is a support trend line that the exact same concept also applies when it comes to a resistance trend line. And that's what we're seeing here when it comes to NVIDIA. So for NVIDIA, we saw that we had a touch here at, at the high of 350, uh, 350. And we also have another touch right here off a shooter candle. And now we're getting close to another touch. There's two things that can happen. We can either come to this trend line and break and do a retest and continue going back up. Or if not, we can either touch it here and reject off the trend line and then hopefully target this 107 level as a profit target. But trend line, in my opinion, is probably one of the best trend lines. Uh, I'm sorry, one of the best tool for technical analysis. You can use it for day trading, for long term investing. And you can even use it on just small things. Like, for example, I could easily put a trend line right here connecting all these different dots. And what do we see right here? We saw a break of the trend line right at this moment. And then what do we see? A iteration of downtrend momentum for the next couple of weeks. So can definitely is definitely very, very, very useful. Can you can you go to pull up the spy on the weekly time frame? Oh yeah, I, got, I already know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, okay, so it's like Spider-Man meme. We, we're already in this. Okay, thank you. And and there's another one that I want you to draw from the 2020 bottom too. This one is perfect. Yeah, so I want you to draw it from the 2020 bottom. All right, here we go. Take it from the bottom, the trend line, the draw bottom. and draw it all the way through to the top. So people, so I want to show you guys this because what happened was like for people wondering, okay, why is it that January 3rd, the market just started dropping, right? Why is it that January 3rd, the market, the market started dropping, right? And if you look, we are going to the bottom, which was March 23rd, 2020. And Chris drew this. He took his tool and he and he drew the trend line. And if you go to that top candle right there, and what was that? What was that date right there? We just drew that over. I think that's October 2021, if I'm not mistaken. October 4th. Yep. Yep. And then if you're taking a look here, 
at the next point, that was like the first week of January, mm-hmm. where January 3rd this year was the first trading day of the year. And the market has never been the same since then. Yep. Well, someone may ask, well, why? That's because we broke out of a two-year trend line. But keep going. And then what else? What else? What else, though? You know, we're making iterations of, and actually, there's some micro ones in here. And I'll just mm-hmm. quickly try to do We're making iterations of what? Higher highs and higher lows. So we yep. Definitely bullish the entire time. I mean, Spy did phenomenal. Like the portfolio was definitely looking really, really good. And then what do we see? Higher highs and, and higher lows for two years. You got it. And then what do we see right here? Like once we get close to this top, we finally see that we break this higher low. Look at that right here. Yep. So we broke this higher low. This was the, the, the terminology. This was the indication that we were definitely heading lower when it comes to Spy. So we broke that 429. 430 area, which is a very critical area for SPY. And we came all the way to the bottom. We made what? Lower lows, lower highs, lower low. We tried to make a new higher high. We didn't quite get above that 432. We actually rejected and we came right back down. And then on top of that, I, I want you to see this. Look how on this trend line, we have one touch, two touches, three touches, mm. four touches. The fourth touch just happened. And I want, can we go to those? Can we get those exact dates? Yes, I got you right now. So this is right here, January 3rd. This touch right here, 28th of March. This touch right here, August 15th. This touch right here, which was last week, 28th of November. Now, please pull up the VIX again for me real quick. Yep, that good. I want you to give me those dates. All right. On these touches? At the bottom, the bottom. The, the bottom, bottom, the bottom. Now, hold on, let me see. Let me actually make this a little nicer here. Here we go. Yep. So bottom here, we see January 10th. <laughs> <laughs> April 4th, we see another touch here. August 15th, we just mentioned August 15th. And here, another one, 28th of November. You Hopefully, you guys are able to see the correlation. We could just, we could just end it right there, I think. Well, we can honestly end it right there. And, yeah, everybody take care. <laughs> <laughs> we do this, bro. We do this. We a problem. Yeah. We're, we're so problem. We, just, we, broke, we broke this down, man. This is why we say, man, we're breaking it down so you guys can understand this. We don't want to talk over your head. We want to show you the correlation. If you guys are enjoying this, man, add some more people up in here, man. Shout out to the Come Up series, man. This is just the beginning for us, man. Number one, like you, like we said earlier, man, you got to level up or you or you getting left behind. And you got to put your bread up. Those are our two things that we say. So, yeah, man. How, like, Chris, how, for someone that's new, right, they're, they're getting a lot of information tonight. They're probably taking a lot of notes. Yeah. What are things that they can leave here tonight with tangible that they can go ahead and, and practice with? How can they practice this? Uh, I think just going to the weekly time frame. Honestly, let's say we pull up QQQ. And the first question, I'm just going to jot on, down like this. Your first question should be this, you know, what is the market structure? Mm-hmm. Any any chart, it could be crypto, it could be futures, whatever it is, it could be forex, anything. What is the current chart? And right now, looking at QQQ, for those in the chat, please let me know what is the current market structure for QQQ. Right on top yeah. of that, you can always turn on volume and understand who's winning when it comes to volume. Is it more on the buyer side? Is it more on the seller side? Who's actually winning when it comes to momentum? So that, that's a second question of buyers or sellers. The next question should hopefully be, you know, do we have any chart patterns? Do we have any order blocks available, right? And just looking at this right now, just, just to break it down and answer it, right now we're dev- we, we have a bearish market structure when it comes to QQQ. Look at this lower low, 
We tried to form a lower high. We came right back down, formed another lower low. And that's exactly how I want you to practice drawing it out. I promise you, the muscle memory, it will get you to a point where you would be able to identify everything when it comes to a chart without adding any indicators. And again, what do we see again? Lower low, another lower high. This lower high right here is lower than this lower lie. This lower low is lower than this lower low. And what do we see? Another continuation towards the downside. And now QQQ is trying to make another lower high. And again, another way for you to understand lower highs in, in correlation to chart patterns is this. This right here is what? A bit of what? A bear flag. So we can say what? Our analysis can be QQQ has bearish market structure because of the lower lows and lower highs. And then on top of that, you know, buyers are trying to step up to make another lower high. But this is definitely creating a bear flag. That's I hope you can take this away from today and hopefully practice it on five to ten different tickers. Yeah. And and, and I think that's powerful right there. And what you just said, a bear flag. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's a pole, you know, that you see where you drew that top from. And it's just like a flag, you know, hang, hanging to the downside. Right. And, you know, what happens is, is that as you know, you see the flag break out, if price breaks underneath his white line, you're going to see more sellers come in aggressively. Yep. Um, one thing that I would say is, is sometimes patience when it comes to looking at this, because we're on the weekly time frame. And a message I gave you guys earlier was the bigger the time frame, the bigger the move. Also, the bigger the time frame, the longer it takes for a position to play out. So, you know, every candle on the weekly time frame accounts for one week. So this 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 pattern that you're seeing that Chris is talking about has honestly been building since the middle of August. And we're talking about we're here at the first week of December. So a lot of times what I'll tell you guys is it takes time for these patterns to play out. So, you know, one thing that I will say is, is that when I first started trading options, I was never I was never into the to the weekly options, but I, I was buying probably like sometimes three week out options. And sometimes I just didn't give myself enough time. And one thing that I want to encourage people is stick to your conviction. Right. A lot of times we're seeing the right things on the charts. Yeah. We're just not having enough time on our options and enough time for you know, our positions to actually play out. So, you know, I, I would say that know your risk tolerance, right? Like me and Chris's risk tolerance are, are two different. We have two different risk tolerances. Yeah. One thing that I think a lot of people are making mistakes of is they're confusing themselves of, well, I'm doing this because this person did it, or I'm doing that because this person right. did it. You have to, you have to identify your risk tolerance. And what I will say is, is that most people do not fit the risk tolerance of trading options that expire within the same day. I would probably say that most people watching here right now, most people, their risk tolerance is not like that. And that's OK. Right. But figuring out what works for you instead of trying to to force things. Right. I think a lot of times we're looking for like instant gratification and validation. And sometimes that's something that can be dangerous, right? And me and you, I wanted us to, you know, close out, you know, by just talking about a couple of things, right? You're from Washington Heights. Yes, sir. And, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm originally from New York, Long Island. Um, I lived in Buffalo as well, too, but I live here in Atlanta. I think that I think that one thing that I, that I wanted us to talk about is we as a culture, we need a shift, right? A lot of us are looking at this investing and saying, man, it's so risky. But we don't think about the, the brands that we spend money on. 
We don't think about all the money that we splurge to look good, to impress other people. That mm -hmm. cost adds up, right? So there's some people out here that are probably listening to this tonight and saying, you know what? This seems like a lot of work. This seems like I got to do a lot. And I don't know if I'm willing to commit and put in the time. I'm going to tell people here right now, yo, if not you, then who? If you don't do it, who else is going to do it? So, so what's your, what was your mindset and, and, and your attitude, right? Going to Michigan State, getting into Microsoft at 20 years old, graduated high school early, just like me. Like I said, this Libra thing, man, is something special, right? We're built different. And what, would you, what, what advice would you leave people with right now that are kind of, you know, on the fence, you know, and, and sitting back and saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take I'm trying to bet on myself. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop playing around. And I'm going to take this stuff serious. What advice would you give to people to close out tonight? Yeah, I think a lot of people, they seek approval from other people. I think a lot of people, they live for other people. I think you should only live for yourself and live for your family. Um, I knew that I came from a very humble family. And I honestly, if it, if it wasn't me, I don't know who was going to do it. Right. So I took the risk of at the age of 16, graduating high school and then going to Michigan State University to play baseball. I took that risk because I knew that. If I don't take it, no one else from my from my, my actual family is, is actually going to do it. On top of that, I knew that we needed a change. I knew that I, I could have easily had a career and I would have lived off well, but it's more around, it's more than just us. Like, this is for our people. Like, we have a community that really relies on us and they're in, in dire need of this information, right? Um, on top of that, when it comes to fear, fear is just an illusion. And I know that people keep hearing this, but at the, at the, at the same time, you got to understand that your greatest growth is on the other side of fear. The things that make you uncomfortable, those are the things that you should do often because those are the things that are actually going to define you and help you you know, actually level up. So I knew that going to college, getting the right education, going to Michigan State, getting a computer science degree, you know, playing baseball, you don't really see athletes going for an engineering uh, degree. But I knew that this, this has to be the change that I have to introduce to my family because now... I got my nephews that want to look, you know, they they want to be like me. They want to dress like me. They want to have the things that I have. So that's all motivation that I'm pouring back into my family. And that's only going to cultivate more people as part of our generations that are going to do great things when it comes to this world. Right. So I just knew that. And again, I have I have the mentality that it has to work. Like I'm not going to settle for I failed. At least I tried like my mentality some say that it's cutthroat, but I have a cut uh, um, a mentality that I will never fail. I will I will stick to it until it works. And once you have that mentality, that's when you actually win. When you know that it's you versus you, and there's no one out there in this world that has the unique magic that you have, you you finally understand that you could do anything when it comes to this world. When you have massive self belief and you actually believe in yourself that you could do whatever the hell when it comes to this world, that's when you actually win. So for those people that are listening to this, my question to you is, do you really believe in yourself? Like, Do you really believe that you have the power, that you have the magic that God gave you to impact others and to, and to change the trajectory when it comes to your family? That should be your first question. And, and then if you do so, stop talking about the things you want to do and then doing the opposite. Just how we need a to-do list, we need a stop doing list. And me, I make sure that I hone in on myself every single week. I have a check-in with myself of, of, the, of the things that I need to do and the person that I need to be to actually attract success. People try to pursue success. It doesn't work that way. If you try to pursue success, success is only going to run away. Now, if you become the person that's appropriate for you to attract success, 
that's when you actually win. So that'll be my two cents. <laughs> yes, sir, nah, that's fire right there, man. Y'all give it up for Chris in the chat tonight, man. You, <laughs> yep. I drop that level up in the chat. How can people connect? Sure. With you? How can people connect? Uh, on Instagram, I'm just gonna quickly put my Instagram here. Uh, I'm at official Chris Munoz. I mean, yeah, I, official Chris Munoz. Be, be aware of the fake pages. I know Lawrence, you get that all the time. Yeah, yeah, um, beware of, yeah beware of that. Uh, at official Chris Munoz on Instagram. Please feel free to connect. Listen, we are here to help the people. We are, and, and I know people could definitely say this, Lawrence, our circle, we are full of integrity. Yeah. We do this for the community. We do this with love. We do this with passion. And when you do things with love and passion, things will always prevail. So, yep. so thank you. Yes, sir, man. <laughs> Y'all give it up for him, man. This is a special shout out to you coming on this channel here and this show. This is the second episode, man, of Monday Night Take. If you guys are enjoying Monday night take, man, it's a takeover, man. Monday nights, we taking over, man. Monday nights belong to the come up series, yo, from here on out. So if you're enjoying this, man, like this video, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you're sharing this in your family group chats. Make sure you're sharing this with your coworkers. Make sure you're sharing this with, with everyone that you can, because each and every Monday, you know, I'll be here and we'll have different guests. I'm pretty sure I'll be bring Chris back in the near future as well. Definitely, definitely excited to have this energy. But I want you guys to lead tonight's show. And I want you guys to go out here in this holiday season. I know a lot of people are looking at Christmas gifts and thinking about this and thinking about that. But I want the most important thing that I want you to value is time. That's yeah. the most important thing that I want you to value is time with your loved ones, right? Put the stock market down a little bit, right? Put your phones down a little bit. Put the credit cards down a little bit, right? And leave some of those gifts at the store. The most important gift that you can give your loved ones this year is time, right? Because we've seen a lot of people didn't make it to the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So if you're still here, still breathing, still waking up every day, spend some time with your loved ones, man. So we want to give a special shout out uh, to Mark and Lynn, Uncle Charles and the entire Come Up Series family, man, for the support. The first two episodes, we've had a blast, man. You guys are definitely going to want to tune in next week, right? And I have officially confirmed next week on Monday Night Take, we are going to have Elena B. from Options Bay here in the building. This queen has helped a lot of people make six, seven figures in the stock market investing. So you guys would definitely want to be here next week. So tap in 8 p.m. EST, 5 p.m. PST. And make sure you guys follow Chris, show us paid some love, and tap in with him. So we want to say, yo... We appreciate you guys very much. Y'all have a blessed night, and we'll see you guys soon. Peace. Take care. <laughs>